Hi, I'm Tom Field, Senior Vice President of Editorial at Information Security Media Group. Welcome to Part 2 of a two-part interview with Dave DeWalt, former CEO of FireEye and the newly named Managing Director of Allegis Cyber. In this part, Dave discusses the evolving business of cybersecurity, lessons learned from his tenure at FireEye, and he shares insight on the cybersecurity threats that concern him most in 2018. Dave, let's shift gears and talk about the business of cybersecurity. What's your view on the state of the industry today? We see lots of activities. Certainly, organizations such as yours are busy, but we've seen hot market sectors before. Are we headed for a bubble burst? Well, you know, it's Thomas, interesting to say that. You know, obviously, the last few years, as I mentioned, sort of the chronology of the growth of cyber. You know, we've watched, uh, you know, sort of the aftermath of this great breach era that we were in. Thousands and thousands and thousands of breaches, massive spending cycles as a result of the threat cycle. And then as a result of the spending cycle by customers, we now have a massive growth of vendor. So the vendor cycle exploded. Uh, we're now tracking almost 3,000 unique cybersecurity companies around the world developed and innovated in most countries that you can think of. And so threat cycle drives spending cycle, drives vendor cycle, then drives, in some cases, a growth or consolidation window. And I believe post the U.S.-China peace treaty, the bubble burst a little bit, and that was in 2015-16 window when the breach the number dropped off. We watched the aftermath of that, a lot of consolidation. But now I actually think we're in a growth window. Again, for all the reasons I mentioned, we now have massive new threats that we're dealing with in the social and satellite domains, massive new threats with the proliferation of IoT devices, consumer identity problems, and we're now watching an uptake. Now the threat cycle will dictate the spending cycle again, but to answer your question directly, no, I don't think there's a bubble bursting here at all. If anything, I actually see a growth in the bubble or a growth in this sector um, in almost unprecedented forms yet again. I kind of call it circa 2008 again, when we saw the beginning of that threat cycle. We are seeing a massive growth in the threat cycle again here in 2018. And 10 years later, I believe we're going to see another massive growth in the cybersecurity industry. Of course, cybersecurity is full of buzz and, and catchphrases. We've heard an awful lot in the past year about artificial intelligence, machine learning, threat hunting. What are the types of technologies and companies that you're most interested in investing in now? Yeah, I'm really interested, Tom, as I mentioned, in where we have the greatest offensive and defensive dislocation. And I'll underscore that again. Where do you have the greatest offense but the, the least amount of defense. Where that dislocation is greatest creates the greatest market opportunity. I don't necessarily look at it from a technology point of view. While that's important, machine learning, you know, ways in which that we can use cloud and other types of massive grids to create intelligence, these are important. But you look for where the offense is at. Where are the attackers winning? And where do you need to solve the threat problem? And when you start to look at those, you know, I alluded to it, the social domain is probably the biggest wild, wild west we've ever seen in cyberspace because of the virality of information flow, 
the integrity issues of information, the ability to create false identities. And I'm sure you've seen some of the post-election reports, you know, thousands of ads by a military group in Russia, you know, tens of thousands of identities falsely created, automated algorithms to spew out false content. I mean, the, the information war is here to stay. And I think those domains are important investment domains. When you start to look at blockchain technology, our ability to manage cryptocurrencies and the next generation problems with that, it's very interesting to watch all these domains emerge and how much offense there is and lack of defense. And that's where I go. Dave, for more than a decade now, we've talked about the cybersecurity skills shortage. So how do we address the dearth of talent to support all the cyber solutions we need to develop to improve defenses the way you just described? Well, Tom, I always think there's going to be a, a talent shortage in this space because it's a, it's a very complex, a very difficult space to learn. The 1% of the 1% are really where the problem is at. You know, this is the really good offense. And it's the 1% of the 1% that are really good at the defense. So I believe for, for history, we'll have a talent shortage. We'll never solve that problem. Now, having said that, you know, the more we can automate, the more we can create capability of machines and learning to catch up to that 1% of 1% is probably the way in which we'll solve this shortage problem. And I'm watching some really good technology being developed. When I think about how I advise clients to what they have to solve in the cybersecurity space, I think about it in two vectors. One is, what's your speed of response to a vulnerability that that's disclosed? So if you're a large corporation, how fast can you respond to a vulnerability that was disclosed by a Microsoft or an Apache or an Amazon or whomever? Can you do that in hours? Most corporations can't do it in days, weeks, even months sometimes, which gives the adversary time to attack. The second one is how fast can you respond to a breach and you suddenly see an indicator of compromise? Can you respond in hours, minutes even, versus days, weeks, months? And when you still look at the time to learning about your breach is measured in days, sometimes still over a hundred days for the average corporation to know about their breach. So the faster we can respond to vulnerability patching, the faster we can respond to breach indicators, this is what's going to solve it. That has to come not just through a people problem and education of, of talent, but also automation of technology, response tools, and hence why some of the hottest technology out there today is orchestration and automation tools, managed security service capability to really solve that talent shortage problem. Dave, you really have a unique experience. You were able to oversee FireEye through a period of incredible growth and then through significant market change. What are the lessons learned that you take away from the FireEye experience? <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of lessons learned, you know, obviously, um, although had I done it all over again, I'd probably do it exactly the same way. You know, I came upon a great technology. Um, I learned about uh, what was being developed at FireEye through my other lenses in the industry. I thought it was one of the most prolific technology I'd ever seen. 
the invention of virtual machines at machine speeds to be able to digest network traffic, simulate and emulate that traffic in a virtual machine, honeypot adversaries in that uh, virtual machine. We never seen that before because blacklisting and antivirus was the methodology of detection. So we were able to grow fast. And what I realized in that, and probably in hindsight even more, was you get windows of opportunity in technology and especially in cybersecurity, those windows are short. So you have to grow fast. You have to uh, leverage the window that you have. And of course, at FireEye, we grew that company tremendously fast. Very proud of that. Uh, we grew that company from under 50 million when I first got there to over a billion dollar run rate. My first quarter, we did 27 million in uh, bookings in the quarter. My last quarter, 285 million in bookings in the quarter. So, and that was all done in a four-year period, less than four-year period. Uh, we ended up creating, you know, 16 billion of market value for investors. Took the company public. You know, raised two billion dollars of capital, hired 4,000 employees, and still to this day, the company is a very strong enterprise in the market. But what do you learn, Tom? You know, speed and being able to leverage your window, really taking advantage of the markets and the opportunities that are out there in the cybersecurity space and, and doing so in ways that uh, I think nobody had done at that point uh, prior to me. So, um, you know, lots of lessons learned, but at the same time, very proud of what we were able to accomplish at the company and uh, proud of what the company's still doing to this day. Dave, just a couple more questions about 2018. We're sitting here at the start of the year. As you look ahead, what are the threats that concern you the most? Yeah, there's there's a handful of them, you know, obviously that uh, keep me up at night, you know, just in, in maybe uh, order. You know, we're, we're seeing globally for a second, um, just taking a step back, a massive cyber arms race. There's just no doubt about it. I mean, we've been talking about it for years. Almost every country has offensive capabilities now. So any geopolitical tension or conflict is enabling cyber to become the weapon of choice in that conflict or in that tension. And most notable here, North Korea or a Vietnam or you know, countries that are relatively small can roar with their offensive cyber capability because you can le level the playing field quickly. So I worry about the geopolitical tensions we have. This administration is creating even more tensions, whether you agree with them or not, but they're manifesting themselves in cyberspace very quickly. So how do they come about? You know, these can be in the form of ransomware-like attacks that we've seen with WannaCry and Petya and others that have brought down operations of large companies. And you worry about that type of threat in the hands of these types of actors. You worry about the espionage components that are still being conducted by large companies or uh, countries around the world. Uh, the criminals are very active again in different ways than we've seen over the years. Now attacking the cryptocurrencies and potentially this mass expansion and adoption of these types of uh, mediums for, for payment. And you ultimately really worry about the information war. That's probably the one that keeps me up at night the most, Tom, is what can we trust for information? And you can really feel the lack of integrity of our information sources today 
How do we consume our information? Who reports that information? You know, can you trust that information? And of course, many of our systems of deployment of that information have had massive compromises, can have integrity issues. So, you know, if there is a crisis, can we trust that crisis? And so information war meets IP war, sort of meets this, this you know, constant challenge of cyber. And uh, we're in a whole new world. And that's why I mentioned earlier that I think, if anything, we're seeing a massive expansion of cyber opportunity, uh, cyber risk, as opposed to, you know, a shrinkage of that problem. It's actually opposite. And there's the flip side of my question. We talked about the threats that concern you. What are the security solutions that most encourage you? Yeah, the security solutions that encourage me most are, you know, I think they start with the fundamental awareness. And it's not a technology thing. It's an awareness at the C-level, board level, leadership level around the world. I mean, we're not in naive state anymore like we were. I used to walk into boards, uh, walk into large governments around the world, and it was like almost uh, naivete was in the room. Like, could this really be happening? I don't believe it's happening. I, I don't think that's a threat to me. And they just didn't understand the problem. The good news is I think we've, we've better understood the problem. And what that enables is more oversight of risk at the board level, at the leadership level, better adoption of technology at the leadership level, at the executive and boardroom levels. That's constantly up-leveling our cyber defenses. And then when you get all the way down to the technology side, you know, our walls are breaking down so quickly in terms of what types of networks we run. We used to have a moat and a network that we could protect with defense in depth. You know, now it's perimeterless. Uh, you know, a lot of our information's in the cloud. Uh, it's in social networks. It's in, you know, a variety of different mediums. So the battle for protecting these assets has changed a lot. So thinking about where your assets exist and how to protect them is what I like in the new technology world, how to protect your social assets, how to protect your cloud assets, how to create complete visibility across all of those types of networks in a way that gives you quick response and quick detection and prevention. I think those are the technologies that will really uh, be here for 2018 and beyond. Well, Dave, I appreciate your time and your insight today. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Tom. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. And that ends part two of this two-part interview with Dave DeWalt. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.